When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We begin today's NFL Live with positive news on the progress of Bill's safety, Demar Hamlin. The team announced this morning that Hamlin has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours and that while he is still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress. Hamlin's medical team addressed the media this afternoon and expanded on that progress. We would like to share that there has been substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours. Uh, we had significant concern um, about him after the injury and after the event that happened on the field, uh, but he is making substantial progress. Uh, as of this morning, uh, he is beginning uh, to awaken, uh, and it appears that his neurological uh, condition and function is intact. Uh, we are very pr uh, proud to report that, very happy for him uh, and for his family and for the Buffalo Bills organization. Uh, that he is making improvement. The, the Bills training staff who was with him immediately recognized that this was not a run-of-the-mill injury and that they, they had a significant event on their hands and immediately responded and uh, uh, got the emergency response team uh, involved in his care. And really, this was went as well as something like this could go uh, under very challenging circumstances. And they did a fantastic and, and, job, which is why we're here today. And understanding how complicated of a situation this ultimately is, would it be fair to say that if things would have taken a few extra minutes or maybe even a few extra seconds, there could have been a different outcome here? I think that's fair to say. I think the, the answer to the first question about his future in professional football is that it's an entirely too early to, to have that conversation. He's still critically ill in the ICU. Our focus is on getting him um, better to get him extubated and, um, and, and on the road to recovery. So it, it, it truly is too early to, to have that, that conversation. Addy with Coley Harvey as well as out in Buffalo with Diana Rossini. We're going to begin with you, Coley. And what else did we learn from Hamlin's doctors today? Essentially, Field, we just learned that he is making that connection with those, those at his bedside. In fact, it was last night when he had a chance to begin communicating, and the first, first person he communicated with was the nurse who's been at his bedside throughout this ordeal, according to the doctors today. We also heard from the two doctors representing UC Health here at the University of Cincinnati's uh, Medical Center uh, that he is communicative with, uh, with pen and pad that they haven't been able to talk to, or he has not been able to talk to them because he is still intubated. The, the, um, the breathing tube is still uh, in his mouth at this point, so he's unable to talk, but he is able to write. And um, here's something that the doctors had to say about the first piece of communication that he had with them that he wanted to, uh, to write and ask them about. We were in the situation where we wanted to allow him to gradually, you know, wake up as the rest of his uh, body was healing, uh, and uh, last night he was able to um, emerge and uh, follow commands uh, and even ask uh, who had won the game. 
I can clarify, he did not speak. Um, he was able to communicate uh, in writing. When he asked, did we win? The answer is yes, you know, Damari, you won. You've won the game of life. And that just goes to show you just exactly where DeMar uh, Hamlin's mind has been at this at this time. He is he's thinking about his team. He's thinking about his teammates. And uh, when I actually asked a question that was about uh, how much he's understanding of all of this right now, how much the doctors can tell that they said that uh, that it does seem clear that uh, not only it, not only are the lights on with him, but it's clear that somebody's home. It's clear that he is thinking that he is understanding. They also said that he expressed some level of of shock when they told him that he missed the game, essentially, that uh, that here we are a couple of days later as he's uh, as he's coming awake. Um, I also want to add uh, quickly that uh, we're starting to see this this tribute that we've seen about a block away from where we're standing. We've, we're starting to see it grow a little bit with poster boards and messages and candles. And there's a group that's handing out some 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 stickers and flyers that have a 513. The 513 is the area code to Cincinnati. The five is in the Bengals letters. The three uh, Bengals colors, I should say, with the stripes. The three is in the red and blue and white of the Buffalo Bills. So the people here in Cincinnati continue to think about the people in Buffalo as well as DeMar Hamlin. Certainly has been an amazing outpouring of support. And Coley, great coverage all week. We so appreciate all of your insight from Cincinnati. Let's head out to Buffalo now where Diana Rossini is standing by. Diana, what's the latest from Buffalo? Field. It's been a wave of relief here at Orchard Park and quite a different story than we've seen over the last few days, even as early as this morning, where it was really just a sliver of normalcy. Communication with the Bills seemed very minimal as they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do next. But this afternoon, once good news was spread, things started to change. And it seems that this Bills team is getting ready, preparing for this New England Patriots game on Sunday. They had a full speed practice this afternoon. And we're going to hear from Bills head coach Sean McDermott, along with other Bills players for the first time since Hamlin's injury on Monday night. We're going to have that live shot that Diana was just referencing at 430. And thank you, Diana, for that coverage there. We've got our two players on the show today, Marcus Spears and Keyshawn Johnson and Swagoo. A lot of positive news here in the past 24 hours. We're all so grateful for that. And you heard Diana use the word a sliver of normalcy in Buffalo today with a practice. How does that affect yeah. the way the Bills are going about everything this week? The good news, and the updates that we have received today, both from the team and of course from Hamlin's doctors. Yeah, first and foremost, Babyface, give a shout-out to that medical staff and that team at the game, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, and then to the UC uh, medical uh, staff as well. They, this, they saved this young man's life, and that's what, you know, this is the type of news that we were hoping for. We knew it would be, would be gradual. It wouldn't be one announcement to know that everything is fine, but it's just a positive outcome. It's emotional, man. It really is. I mean, you think about where we were three days ago or four days ago when this happened to where we are now. It just shows um, how much these people need to be respected and be recognized for the work that they were able to do. And then, to the players, man, like, this is one of those steps. Um, obviously, it's a very positive step to start to wrap your mind around. We got a teammate that was obviously in this situation, but now – He's asking questions and trying to figure out where we are, right? It's a reciprocal love between the Buffalo Bills and also the Cincinnati Bengals football team and DeMar himself. So I think this is a motivation thing. I talked about it yesterday about how 
you know, football has always been one of them things where tragic seems to galvanize us. It mm -hmm. pulls us together because it legitimately is a family when we're working towards a goal. So it's just good, all good, all the way around. I think normalcy will be a different uh, definition for those guys. But as far as football, I think they'll get to it ASAP. Phil, swagoo, let's go, hmm. right? Yeah, this right. is the first time I yeah. really can yeah, smile man. in this situation yeah. because it felt like I had a Mack truck on my back over the last 48 hours or so. Yeah. Now I'm like, yeah. let's go. This is what we're talking about. This is why you tip your hats off to first responders and medical staffs and in, in the health center Absolutely. at UC, at University of Cincinnati Health Center, and the amazing things that they was able to do to get this young man from where he was to where he is today. I mean, like, it's, it, yeah. I don't even, you Dude. know, I don't even know what really to say other than, let's go. Like, this is really, this is really <laughs> what it's all about. Yeah. Like, we are now in a yeah. position where this morning you really couldn't talk about them playing the games on Sunday. You were trying to figure certain things out because you didn't know from Monday to today where everything was at. Yeah. Now you got a much clearer yeah. picture of where things are and where things could be headed in the right direction. The fact that a young man could, could write down on a piece of paper and communicate on a piece of paper, man, that feels so good. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah, Key, I you just, know, I'm, yeah, does, I'm excited, man. Phil. Yeah, no, Key, and uh, Swagoo said normalcy is going to have a different definition this week, which I think is certainly very poignant and true, but feels like there's more hope today than there has been over the past couple of days. You see right there, that is the Bills Stadium, where we are expected to hear at 430 from both head coach Sean McDermott and players, including quarterback Josh Allen. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor addressed the media yesterday and spoke extremely highly about how Sean McDermott handled things on Monday night. Take a listen to Taylor's remark. The officials, again, did a great job of coming over to me and saying, hey, um, you know, they're, they're still trying to process this moment here, uh, Coach McDermott and their team. And so um, instead of playing telephone on separate sidelines, the decision was made just to go over there and, and make sure we're all, you know, talking together. And, and I won't disclose um, – any of the private conversations Sean and I had, except for this, when I got over there, uh, the first thing he said was, I need to be at the hospital tomorrow, and I shouldn't be coaching this game. And so that, to me, provides all the clarity, because there, there was no uh, unprecedented is the word that gets thrown out a lot about this situation, because that's what it is. Uh, but in that moment, he really uh, showed who he was, that, that all his focus was just on DeMar and being there for him, being there for his family at the hospital. We now welcome in Mina Kimes and Mina. Plenty of praise there from Zach Taylor for Sean McDermott. What do you make about how all of this has been handled? Yeah, I mean, I came away from that being incredibly impressed with Sean McDermott, but also with Zach Taylor. The more we hear about these coaches and how they manage what was, as Taylor said, an unprecedented, chaotic, terrifying situation, the more you see the display of leadership that I think can be kind of hard to quantify from the outside when we talk about coaching and the impact these guys can have on their players. Um, it, it's truly remarkable. And I would extend that, by the way, around the NFL. You know, over the last couple of days, uh, coaches from teams in both conferences have talked about checking in with their players, worrying about their mental health, making sure that they had resources both for them and their families. And, and watching it field, I truly felt like 
I don't want to say we're in a new era when it comes to coaches, but there's been a lot of progress made in terms of how they talk about mental health, how they think about it, how they handle it, something that's happened over the last few years. And I think you saw that come to a head this week in a way that was really admirable uh, league-wide. I still can't get over just how remarkable everybody from the coaches to the first responders, team medical staffers, the doctors at UC Hospital, and so many others involved handle this entire situation. Much more to come here on NFL Live. Adam Fisher is going to join us and lay out all the scenarios the league is considering as it relates to the resumption of Monday night's game between the Bills and the Bengals. Plus, as we told you, 4.30 p.m. is the time that the Bills are scheduled to have their first press conferences since Monday night. We will have coverage live as soon as it begins from Orchard Park, New York. NFL Live rolls along. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Approximately halfway through the first quarter on Monday night, the Bills and Bengals game was suspended after Bills safety DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest on the field. With just one week, one week left in the NFL's regular season, the opportunity to resume the game is fairly limited. For more, let's bring in Adam Schefter. And Shefty, the result of the suspended game is, of course, going to have ripple effects around the league as we look at playoff implications. Do you have any sense of what options the league is currently looking into? Well, now that DeMar Hamlin seems to be progressing the way that everybody had hoped and prayed, I think the league is stepping up its efforts to figure out exactly how it's going to handle the postseason. And I think we start with the fact that nobody expects that that Bengals-Bills game from Monday night will be resumed and rescheduled. As one person said to me this week, the game has bad mojo. 
It's time to move forward. It's time not to play it, which leaves us in the question of what does the league then do? Matthew Hasselback proposed one idea that was very interesting in which basically the number one seed, and it would be based on winning percentages, the number one seed would have the choice to choose from either a first round bye or home field advantage through the playoffs. And the number two seed, based on winning percentage, would get to choose the other. Now, I think the league has discussed derivations of that particular formula, but the one that I think has gained the most traction is where the league would base it on win percentage and that if there were a conference championship game that involved either the Chiefs, if they were able to secure the number one seed Saturday against the Las Vegas Raiders in a game on ABC, or the Bills and Bengals who were involved on Monday night and will wind up playing one fewer game than everybody else, that the championship game in the AFC could be played on a neutral site. And that seems to be the plan right now that's got some momentum. But before that plan were to be enacted, the owners of 32 teams would have to vote on it. And we don't know whether they would approve it or not. If they were to approve it, then that might be the logical course of action. Now, here's a wild card that I don't think would happen, but one NFC team executive this morning said that the magnanimous gesture here would be for the Kansas City Chiefs, who have hosted the conference championship game the last four years, to say to the Buffalo Bills or the Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to cede home field advantage to you, being that you both beat us head-to-head. And no matter what happens here, if all of us are fortunate enough to reach the conference championship game, you'll be hosting the game, which will be an unprecedented sportsmanlike gesture. Do I think it's realistic? Probably not. Yeah, a lot of balls in the air right now, Shefty, and great insight there with a lot to be determined over the next couple of days. Let's turn to Mina, and Mina, I think probably the first place for us to start is, <laughs> well, you're laughing at the last the last thought, obviously, there, but uh, there's no perfect solution yeah. for this, right? And this is about a lot less than just home field advantage. It's about, excuse me, a lot, a lot yeah. more than home field advantage. But what do you make of the proposal that Shefty honed in on, the idea that either the number one seed by winning percentage could choose either a first-round buy or home field advantage throughout the playoffs? What do you make of that one? Yeah, it's not a bad suggestion. This is unprecedented. I think the teams will be accepting of that, um, acknowledging that that one seed shouldn't get the total, you know, package that they've been afforded in the past in terms of the buy-in home field. I, I think, and I can say this with a fair amount of confidence, they would choose the buy if it was Kansas City, right? Um, that is the most valuable thing. It's why the one seed is so inc- so important in the extent- expanded playoff as it is, in which case they'd be willing to go on the road for the championship. Or, you know, Shefty mentioned playing in a neutral site. That, to me, seems quite plausible. I'd be curious to see where that neutral site is. I've seen Indianapolis thrown out, uh, but that is very close to Cincinnati, so it would be a little bit uh, in their favor. But that, to me, makes a lot of sense as well. Again, there's no good choices here, and I think all of the teams involved recognize that. Yeah, MK, I think that's what you're doing right now. You're just trying to you're trying to appease and knowing that you will have an unfair element to whatever decision is made. But I'm 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 with you. I like where you went with the decision process as far as these teams and what you would do as the one seed. I'll take the bye. You're talking to a former player. I would take mm. the bye. <laughs> like, I know home field advantage is important, <laughs> but you can win games on the road. But that bye is what guys play for just to recover 
and get ready to go. And plus, you skipping the step of the playoffs. Like, you, you watching other teams yeah. play, yeah. And, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what you need to do. You can get a good sense of how different they may be in the playoffs because it's do or die. But I tell you this, man, I like the suggestions. I like the fact that, that these things are being thought of. Um, I just want all of the fans to understand that someone probably will not get the fairest shake out of all of this. But this is an unfamiliar territory, and I think they're doing the best they can. Yeah, we, we're living in unprecedented times right now as far as the NFL goes and everything that happened on Monday night. I, everything that Mina said, you said, Swagoo, Adam gave us obviously a whole bunch of stuff to kind of sort through and dissect it. But that home field advantage thing is cool. But I'd rather have the bye on top of having the bye, right, Phil? You only got two games yeah. to get to the Super Bowl and one to yeah. get to the championship game. Yeah. So it's a lot yes. easier to get to the Super Bowl with a bye than it is to try to run three games, whether they're home or on the road. The timing and when we're going to hear from the league. And with week 18 scheduled to kick off Saturday in the afternoon, I think whatever measure the league decides to enact must be put into place by Saturday before then because these teams can't go into the weekend and have the rules be moving as they go along. So whatever it is that the league ultimately decides on, I would think that we hear certainly by the end of the business day tomorrow. A lot to be determined, and certainly, again, in the grand scheme, all of this is insignificant compared to the health of DeMar Hamlin. We're just grateful that we had some significant progress earlier today. As you see right there, Buffalo Bills team facility, they are scheduled to have a press conference at 4.30 Eastern time. Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, amongst those that are scheduled to speak, we will carry it live here on NFL Live. That's coming up next. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We were in the situation where we wanted to allow him to gradually, you know, wake up as the rest of his uh, body was healing. Uh, and uh, last night he was able to um, emerge and uh, follow commands uh, and even ask uh, who had won the game. I can clarify, he did not speak. Um, he was able to communicate uh, in writing. When he asked, did we win? The answer is yes. You know, Damar, you won. You've won the game of life. Really a powerful moment there from the doctors that have been overseeing the treatment of Damar Hamlin, the Bills' safety, who, of course, was admitted to the hospital on Monday night. We are expected to hear from the Bills any moment now from their team facility. 
But before we do that, let's head back out to Cincinnati where Coley Harvey has been the boots on the ground. And what more can you tell us about the press conference earlier today, Coley, with DeMar Hamlin's doctors? During that press conference, I actually choked up as a little bit myself when the doctors mentioned that the first thing that DeMar Hamlin wanted to know was, did his team win? Clearly, his mind is with his teammates and with all those in Buffalo. One question I had for the doctors during that call is, is what are they really looking for next? What is that next main hurdle that they want to see uh, DeMar Hamlin clear? And it's the breathing tube. He is still on a ventilator right now. They want to get him to the point where he can breathe on his own. Once that happens, they're going to start to really feel good about the rest of his recovery. Uh, another question that was raised on that call was what will take him from being considered critical to uh, to stable condition and it will be that breathing tube as well as continued neurological and respiratory uh, progress being made so so they're still keeping a close eye on him he's far from being out of the woods but a lot of good news today certainly great to hear all of that coley and we appreciate all your coverage from cincinnati more from coley and on NFL Live, that's a great photo here from Bill's practice earlier today, shared by Alana Getzenberg, who again has been awesome with our coverage all week. That's Josh Allen and Tredavious White and all smiles. Good to see them finding some normalcy in practice. Their first practice of the week held earlier on today. Let's turn now back to Adam Schefter. And Shefty, the Bills had a special visitor address their team recently via Zoom. What more can you tell us about that? Well, it happened yesterday. And essentially, it's, it was the situation with DeMar Hamlin's father called into a Zoom on, uh, with the Bills team and spoke to the entire organization and basically updated the organization on how his son was feeling. He thanked everybody for their support. It was a very emotional time during this phone call where Mario Hamlin spoke to them on a Zoom, and it happened yesterday. I don't know that a lot of people expected it at that particular moment, but it was something that I was told the team needed to hear at that time and it's a part of the healing process as it attempts to go on and begin to take the steps, the unthinkable steps almost, to get ready for this weekend's game after the events of Monday night. But to get Mario Hamlin on that call yesterday, I think was uplifting for the entire team. Just about 72 hours until they are scheduled to play the Patriots up in Western New York, Shefty. And what you just said sort of allowed us to kind of approach a certain sense of normalcy. And the Bills are very much in the thick of a playoff race as they entered week 17 as the number one seed in the AFC, and there is still much to be determined. What is the league considering right now? Because as we all know, if the game between the Bengals and the Bills is not resumed, and that seems implausible right now, the league could find itself in a bit of a sticky situation. What's on tap right now? Well, what's on tap is I think we expect that week 18 will go on. We expect that the league will come to some sort of resolution about how to handle the postseason. I think they'll do it by the end of the business day tomorrow, just an estimation on my part, because they don't have a lot of time and the rules have to be enacted by this upcoming weekend's kickoff of games. So the league knows it's on the clock. And even yesterday on the conference call, the NFL executive, Jeff Miller, said he expected a decision in the coming days. So right now, knowing that DeMar Hamlin is doing as well as he can right now, the league is moving forward, trying to figure out, going through the scenarios, laying them all out and determining which one makes the most sense moving forward. Shefty, great stuff. And we'll, of course, have Bill's coverage any moment now. They are expected to speak literally any second from their team facility in Western New York for the first time since Monday night's tragic incident. There's our panel 
Of course, left to right, Marcus Spears, Mina Kimes, and Keyshawn Johnson. I'll turn to you again first, Mina. Again, the proposals that Adam Schefter highlighted earlier included yeah. the possibility that <laughs> the determination of the AFC seed would be by winning percentages. Of course, the Chiefs would have one more game played than the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, assuming their game is not resumed. If that were the case, the one seed, which if it were Kansas City with a win on Saturday, would have the option to either choose to have a first-round bye or play uh, or have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. As far as resolutions go, where does this sort of register for you on the quote-unquote fairness scale as much as things can be fair right now? I think this is about as close as you can get, Field. There's no perfect right now, um, but I do think Kansas City having the option to still have the buy, which I think we all agree is what they would probably choose, is the most valuable thing. Um, we are also talking about teams, especially in that top three with the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills, that all play in cold cities. I don't think there's a massive advantage the way, I don't know if we were talking about a team like Miami, for example, sure. where it would make such a difference where they played, I think we can all agree. Uh, these three teams, I don't think it makes as big of a difference. I also want to acknowledge, though, the one other possibility that Adam suggested. We, we didn't really touch on it because I do think it's not likely, but he did say the league is considering potentially adding an eighth seed on both sides. Um, while unlikely, that's the thing that makes it, I think, so in important for them to decide this now. Because if they were to add an eighth seed on both sides, it would change the playoff incentives for certain teams. Seattle would be winning in. But if they lost, Washington, which would have seemed to be eliminated and is going to Sam Howell, would have the option to suddenly be that eighth seed. And then in the AFC, the Jets are a team where they've been eliminated, but they would also be in back in contention for a playoff spot. So just all the more reason, I think, for them to resolve this pretty quickly. Well, it's a case where, I, listen, Mina, I don't know what the league is. I've never mentioned anything about an eighth playoff team. I've never heard about more teams being added. That's not one thing uh, that I've heard so far. Okay. I think the league is Sorry. sifting through the conversations right now to figure out exactly what makes the most sense. I still think the most plausible is the conference championship games being played on a yeah. neutral site. Right. That would require the vote of the owners of the 32 teams, and it would have to be approved before it was enacted, I've actually had teams reach out and ask if there has been discussion of a playoff field. Again, maybe there has been. Mm. I'm unaware of it. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so there okay. has been a lot that has been then. speculated yeah. from various reports around the, uh, the internet today about the possibilities. And I seem, uh, to Mina's point, though, if, if ever there became a point where the league wanted to add an extra wild card, uh, which would, of course, eliminate a first-round buy for either conference. They better do that now because there are a lot of changes that could take place as far as quarterback depth charts are concerned. Let's get back to Key and just on the idea of choosing between a first-round buy or home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which side of the scale do you lean towards? Well, it's the buy. I think every, everybody wants to rest their players, get their best players out on the field. Um, and, and when you look at it, I've been in the playoffs as a player in both. I had a buy. And I didn't have a bye. And so it, getting healthy is always a key. Plus, not only that, you play in as a bye, you play in the divisional round, and then you're on to the championship game. And if you decide if this happens from a percentage-based standpoint on the seeding, you look at certain teams like Mina said. You look at the Bills, you look at Cincinnati, you look at Kansas City, and for whatever you throw in there, Baltimore, all cold-weather teams. So playing three games at home doesn't really – it won't really affect them as much as I think if you get a team that's banged up 
and they need to get healthy quick, fast, in a hurry. I will say that the fact that the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills, relatively speaking, are closely located geographically probably does not hurt the neutral field possibility because it's not like it's that far of a trip for Kansas City to make to hypothetically Indianapolis. Same goes for Buffalo, and certainly the same thing goes for the Bengals. Swaggy, the word fair is probably going to be a hard one for everybody to <laughs> feel right now, but amongst the various things that we have talked about today, what comes closest to registering as fair in your mind? I think the conversation between home field and the bye week, um, I think that's very logical and pragmatic. Listen, this is, <laughs> we know we cover the NFL, and I love, I love being on this show with my colleagues because we know that this is a crazy business. I can't wait for the hours after these playoffs start when fans have kind of gotten back to normal and they somebody going to say, well, if we was at home, we'd have won a Super Bowl. Or if we'd have had the bye week, we'd have won a Super Bowl. And I think it's important for us to keep mentioning that this is very unprecedented. Like, I think everybody needs to keep that in mind, even when we go forward. We know the competition will come into place. We know that people will start talking noise over the social media and the Internet. And we'll, start, we'll have a show where we have to calm some people down about what actually transpired and why we had to get to this point. I think it's... Uh, beneficial to say it's no point in reiterating that the bye week is the best option look you play for a bye week because you want to get your team healthier every team in the NFL right now is feeling the rigors of an entire season and having those days off and being able to prep and get guys back to um, as close as possible to being feeling really good about their bodies and who they are you want to get a bye week so that's neither null and void I'm just sitting here thinking about it right and I would not go here if we didn't have this information with DeMar, even though he's not out of the woods yet. Mm. But we know what this fan base, what these fan bases, and we know what this is going to look like when it actually plays out. But I think a way to keep it as close to fair as possible is the decision between the bye week and home. Swagoo, I'm going to interrupt you because we have Sean McDermott and Josh Allen live from Buffalo. All right. Uh, appreciate everyone coming uh, this afternoon. This this uh, press conference is is about Demar Hamlin, um, whom we love. It's about his his parents, uh, Mario and Nina, and their extended family. Uh, we continue to pray for them during this time, uh, and Demar uh, is and, and remains our number one concern. Um, I'd like to thank a number of people. We'd like to thank a number of people. Uh, before we get into your questions, uh, as there have been so many people involved. Uh, in DeMar's situation, and uh, if we leave somebody out, uh, we apologize. Um, first, I'd like to thank the first responders uh, on the field this past Monday evening and the medical teams of the Bills, the Bengals, and the staff, doctors, and nurses um, at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center for their work uh, and their care. Terry Pagula, the Buffalo Bills staff, coaches, and players, as well as their families who have all been affected and impacted by this situation, uh, the amount of faith, hope, and love that we saw on display over the last three days has been nothing short of amazing. Uh, I'd also like to thank the entire Bill, uh, excuse me, Bengals organization, uh, their ownership, and specifically Zach Taylor, his staff, uh, and their players and, and going above and beyond and handling the situation the way that they, that they did. Um, 
the officiating crew that was on the field, led by Sean Smith, uh, and the way that they handled that situation with extreme poise and compassion um, certainly helped um, in the minutes that um, that situation unfolded on the field in the minutes after as well. Uh, both Roger Goodell and Troy Vincent and their leadership from the league office, as well as the NFL Players Association and Don Davis. Uh, fans of both the Bills and the Bengals, along with the many other uh, fans and organizations that we've heard from uh, over the last three days. And then I'd also like to thank you, the media, uh, for your respect and, and privacy and compassion again over the last three days as we've dealt with this situation and going forward as well. Uh, finally, and, and just as important as anything, is glory to God for, um, for his keeping DeMar and his family in the palm of his hand over the last couple of days and his healing powers. Uh, with that, I'll turn it over to you. Sean, listening to uh, Sean just say, um, that we were able to talk to you and answer your call, updating the progress you've made, particularly over the last 24 hours. How encouraging is that? And Josh, you and your two, what's your reaction in addition to that? Yeah, very encouraging. Uh, we've been getting uh, incremental updates. Um, and Brandon uh, and Nate, Brandon Bean uh, and Nate Bresky, Nate being our head trainer, uh, as well as to Bonnie, uh, Richard stayed behind uh, in Cincinnati at the hospital. They've been there the whole time. And um, so my hat goes off to them as well. And, and uh, um, But they've been giving us updates, or uh, DeMar's doctors have been giving uh, our doctors updates, uh, Dr. Bissan here in town. And then the updates have flowed basically through either Brandon uh, and Nate or Dr. Bissan or directly from DeMar's doctors. And uh, the news has been very encouraging as, as we all are up to date at this point. And uh, just extremely grateful. Yeah. Um, the way he handled it was... He, he was a perfect man in that situation to handle that that type of situation. I, I can't say enough about what he did, what he said to us in the locker room. Um, obviously just a, a, a dire circumstance that nobody's expecting, nobody's ready for. There's nothing that you can train about doing. Like, you can never put yourself in that situation until it happens. Um, and I want to thank our, you know, Coach mentioned it earlier, but our training staff for going out there, not knowing what's going on, but going through a checklist, working as a, a single cell symbiote, like saving his life, you know, and is being on that field. You, know, you, you, you lose sleep, you hurt for your brother, um, a lot of shared grief, but to the question before, getting updates and positive updates eases so much of that, that pain and that tension that you feel. But Coach handled it as, as perfect as anybody could. Josh, can you take us through, you personally, but even your teammates as well, the level of fear that you were facing and was, was, was clear you guys knew what was going on. Can you just share maybe some of the level of fear that you were facing? Yeah. Um, I don't typically like 
use the emotion to answer questions, uh, but yeah, like the the scene just replays over and over in your head, and there's again, it's hard to answer that question and actually describe how you know I felt, how my teammates felt in that moment. It's something we'll never forget, but to know that Demar is is doing okay, and I know there's still a lot of a lot of things and, and stuff that he has to process and continue to go through um, to get back to to himself. We're just, again, we heard that news this morning, and there's nothing that, that could have been told to us to bring our day down. You know, we're extremely happy for him and his family. Um, you know, we just want to we just want to lo- love up on him, you know, so the next chance we get, I don't know when it's going to be, if we if we get to see him anytime soon, man, it's going to be awesome. Sean, can you get the version, your version of the conversation you had with Zach Taylor where he said, uh, he quoted you as saying, you got to be with your guy at the hospital. If you could just you know, pick it up from Yeah. Here. You know, I caught a little bit of that and, and um, you know, just very appreciative of Zach. And I'll start there. I mean, Zach, the NFL is such a competitive league and, and, and games are so competitive. You spend all week, right, preparing to, to beat each other. And as fast, and Josh can attest to this, as that was unfolding in those situations, it's, as Josh alluded to, you never, you, you prepare for things to go wrong in the game as you visualize the game unfolding just so you're ready, but they're not of that nature, right? They're on the field, they're schematic challenges and whatnot. And, um, and so as competitive as this league is, um, Zach quickly uh, recognized the situation and, and when you can engage with the opposing coach and he and you and, and Zach and I were on the same page so so quickly there, um, it was amazing that how, how compassionate Zach was and his players. Um, you know, his I'm jumping ahead here, Vic, but the, their captains came down to our locker room and met with our team and, and captains and um, just just an amazing um, show of, of compassion, empathy, love. Um, and it's, it's just so amazing because minutes before that, you know, they were, we were going at each other. And, um, and so my hat goes off to Zach and, and the Bengals, as I've said before, but, um, so it, it unfolded so quickly. Um, and things have happened so quickly since that point in time. Um, with balancing everything that we're we're balancing, um, I really haven't thought back clearly about the step, you know, in the steps in order. But I do, you know, when Zach said that, I do recall it. I'd forgotten that, but it brought it back to my mind that um, I, I after after we after Demar got loaded into the ambulance, um, I remember thinking to myself, we're going to need some time. Um, we being the Bills, at least, and we're so conditioned to uh, a player is taken off the field who is injured um, to right to going right back into you know that mode, and um, and so um, I said to Sean Smith, I said, hey, we're going to need some some time here, and again, he was he was tremendous, and um, and then. I remember going back to our sideline, had a conversation with Leslie Frazier, and I can't even remember what Leslie said, uh, but he was a help as well. And, and then um, 
I went back to Sean and uh, and said, I don't feel I don't feel good about this and uh, or something to that effect. And then he uh, he came back. Uh, he was going to go talk to Zach. Zach comes over. I think Zach has recounted since that point in time. And then um, and then the league was involved. And and so we went back to the and the league helped in this way as well, saying, hey, it's OK to go back in your locker rooms. Um, and so we headed that direction. And uh, and then the time, the way things uh, unfolded from from there was really we were in the front of our locker room, not quite out uh, in the hallway at that point, but uh, having conversations amongst ourselves. Um, I think I went in and addressed the team and just felt like overall it was going to be really hard to put them back out there. But I wanted to give them the option to go back out there if they wanted to. And... Um, and led by Josh and, the, and a couple of the other captains, they decided not to go back out there. And um, and so going then from our locker room out our doors to the hallway where Sean and the, the rest of the official, officiating crew, uh, as well as Donna Ponte from the league, they were there, you know, making sure that they were there for us. And, and, then, and then Zach also walked down outside of our locker room. Um, and I'm not sure what was covered on television or not. So, um, and then again, the follow-up conversation that needed to happen uh, ensued right there out, outside of our locker room. Yeah, um, fair question. It's, um, you know, mental health is real. And, um, you know, I think as a coach and as, uh, as leaders of organizations, um, you know, um, number one, Terry Pagula does a great job of, of leading in that regard for us. Um, and but the job description of a coach is not just coaching X's and O's. And it's, it's um, much more than that. And so, um, you know, the health, to me, the health and, and well-being of, of your staff and your players um, is the number one job of, of a coach in this situation. And so that includes mental health. Sean, Josh, can you? Follow up on that. Was there? You, I uh, the media spoken about you uh, uh, admiringly about your approach to mental health this week. Can you talk about whether there was any formal? Um, I guess I'm thinking like the equivalent of grief counseling or anything formal for the team or resources that were made available to them this week. Yes, um, uh, we we provided. Um, we have already in house um, staff that that is their. Uh, main responsibility um, to not only the players but also the staff. And then in this case, we were able to add additional uh, counselors uh, when we when we arrived back here on uh, a Tuesday morning. Uh, we we were, we weren't supposed to have a mandatory meeting or any function that day as a quote unquote players' day off mandatory, but uh, we scheduled a twelve o'clock team meeting. And um, 
um, had additional counselors on hand to to help in that regard, um, generally to the overall team, but then in breakout sessions from there, if need be. Yeah, um, when we, when, when DeMar's father spoke to us, um, again, the days have, have blended together here. So today is Thursday. So yesterday, uh, DeMar's father spoke to the team and, um, really his message was, um, the team needs to get back to um, focusing on the goals that they had set for themselves. DeMar would have wanted it that way, and I'm paraphrasing. And so um, that includes our game against New England this week. And I think that that has helped. And, uh, and then again, today, the news today, as Josh alluded to, uh, was, a, was a big, was a huge help uh, to getting us back to focused um, on, on the game this weekend. Yeah, and I'd say from a player's view, hearing Mario talk to us, the words of encouragement that he had for us, um, and I had the chance actually to, to talk to him Monday night, and the only thing he said was, my son's going to be all right. Coach, like, uh, how, um, how was the coach's experience which you were part of on, on Monday night? Uh, how was it for you to keep your players level with their emotions while you dealt with your emotions at that moment? Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, what I did, and, and listen, this is not about me. This is about DeMar and his family, and that's why I started the way I did. Um, I really feel like I did what anybody else would have done. Um, and, and so when you're in those situations, you just react. And um, when you prepare for a game, the game can slow down because you've prepared for the game and you've visualized it ahead of time. In this case, I can tell you it was moving very slowly at the beginning, just as we were, as DeMar was on the field. Um, it was, time was just um, creeping by as we were trying to get a response to where, you know, how he was doing. And then um, from that point on, it moved very, very quickly in terms of us trying to get to a decision and do the right thing. And I think that's really what it really comes down to is just trying to do the right thing for everyone involved. little difficult to answer that question. Um, I think for every person, it's going to be a little different. I think putting that helmet back on today was a really good thing for our, our team and just to, to kind of go through that process. Um, but I'd be lying to you if I didn't say, you know, some people are going to be changed forever, you know, after being on the field and, and witnessing that and, and feeling those emotions. Um, but again, the best way that we can continue to move forward, obviously, the updates that we keep getting on DeMar really lift our spirits, leaning on each other, um, talking to each other. You know, we've had some some very open and honest and deep talks, some unbelievable, uh, it sounds weird, but embraces as men, just hugging somebody and actually leaning into them. There's been a lot of that going around, and you need every bit of it. You, you really do. And again, I think the fact that we just keep hearing good news about DeMar, it, it just keeps pushing us forward. You mentioned how Mario's words have helped you get move forward. Obviously, the word of him being awake and seems like he's going to be okay obviously gets you 
much closer to calm. Why do you have to play Sunday? I will, I'll, I'll say I'm not on the field playing. Um, and I think there is a, a little bit of a different dimension when you're actually out there playing, uh, in particular because of what, what Josh was referring to. Um, I feel strongly um, that, as, as his dad, as, as Mario uh, mentioned to us, that this is what DeMar um, would have wanted and wants. And um, we owe that, and this is my opinion and my take on it, uh, we owe that to DeMar and we owe that to his family. I'm not going to comment on that. Now, uh, here, um, you know, remarks when he first was awake that you win the game. You know, how much, you know, would that drive you and the rest of the team going forward? Yeah. His dad said the first thing that he's going to ask when he wakes up is who won the game. <laughs> and sure enough, that's what he did, man. And uh, as teammates, you, you love hearing that response, that the first thing on his mind wasn't, you know, poor me. It was, how are my teammates doing? Did we win this game? And that's powerful in itself, man. And I don't think people really understand the the bond and the relationship and the brotherhood that you have as an NFL team, especially this one here. Guys love each other, and we really do. Um, and for, you know, obviously DeMar to go through that and – to come out on the other side and still, again, just think about his teammates. That's that's Demar. That's who he is, though. Well, I'm a, I'm a Christian man to begin with, and I'm not afraid to say that. And um, I know that when you're trying to do um, do good things or great things, that sometimes you come across opposition. Um, I'll leave that part of it there. And how do I know that we'll be able to overcome um, is we have to, um, just like um, we've done many times before in this city and the people of Western New York that have dealt with what they've dealt with. Um, that's what you do. And um, I've never been around a, a city or a region like this that is so in sync, team, uh, their teams and, and, and the fan base. And um, I mean that. And I know this is Josh's only team since he's been in the NFL, but I, I'm sure he would echo the same thing. And um, this is what Western New York and, and, and the fans of the Buffalo Bills, this is what we do. Yeah, um, there's a lot of, lot of things going through the mind, obviously, on the field and didn't grasp, I guess, the reality of it until you, you start hearing things from the medical team. And again, the, the weight that has been lifted on myself and everybody else's shoulders, obviously, after hearing the updates, but I, uh, it, it's, it was tough. It, it is tough. Um, to know that this is a game that we play and we're able to, you know, put all of our emotions and off-the-field stuff away. 
At least that was a happy song. Hey, Sean, while I'm, everyone's laughing at me, um, we've come to learn that, that Denny Killington was the person yeah. who delivered the CPR. you maybe share a thought about his performance, basically? Um, again, amazing. Um, you know, to give it context to some extent, Denny is um, one of our assistant trainers. Um, uh, Nate Bresky is our head trainer. And so um, just like anything else, that whole team, our medical team, they, they, go, th they go through their exercise, uh, mock exercises for things like this. But we uh, are never around to see that when they do that. And um, as they say, practice pays off. And, and it did in this case. But again, the context of it for, for an assistant to find himself at that position and needing to take the action that he did and step up and take charge like he did. And there were others on the field as well um, um, is nothing short of amazing. And the courage that that took, um, like that is, you talk about a, um, a real leader, a real hero. Um, and saving Demar's life, and um, just uh, admire his strength. Yeah. What has it been like to see the support throughout the country? What has it been like to see the support throughout the country? There's millions of dollars that have come in for Demar's foundation. What has that been like to see yeah. not just here in Western New York, but across the entire country? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not a big social media person. Uh, Josh did did share something with me. Uh, via text that he saw today, earlier today, and um, and I looked at it, and it was, um, maybe you've seen it, it's about what maybe DeMar's mom is going to share with him when he, <clears throat> when he wakes up, and um, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's amazing to to know the impact that this has had on um, so many of so many people, and for now, Demar to be awake and <clears throat> his mom to be able to share that with him is incredible. Josh, what do you think the moment is going to be like when you're first able to talk? I mean, obviously, tell him how much we love him as a team. Um, it's a kid that walks around the facility that you never see in a bad mood. He's always upbeat, just wants to go out there and play football. And it's it, we're looking forward to that. We're not really sure when when we're going to be able to see him, but there's I know there's some talks about trying to whether it's next week or the week after, whatever whatever the case may be. We're we're chomping at the bit to get down there and see him. Josh, Josh, you have the whole team you have to think about, but you also have individuals, obviously. Mm -hmm. They're all going to process it a little bit differently along the way, and there's going to be steps. How, how do you navigate through that? Because you have a message to the team, but you have to account for each individual, and you also have people on your staff who can help you do that as well. Right? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think we opened up uh, Tuesday at that meeting with, 
with the uh, entire team that everyone's going to handle this um, in their own way and have respect for each other um, That in, in that regard that um, everyone's going to deal with it in their own in their own way so um, but having the counselors I've been able to have some dialogue and communication with some of the other NFL head coaches who have been through traumatic events obviously none you know not one is exactly like this um, but they've been great from Joe Gibbs to Mike Tomlin uh, Romeo Cornell um, I know a couple of our coaches uh, have spoken with um, Marvin Lewis as well so that uh, albeit unfortunate those situations that have come up have been um, good resources for us and uh, will continue to be Um, again, this isn't about me. Um, I appreciate you asking, Josh. I'm, um, I'm human just like anybody else, and um, there's been moments, as, as we just had, um, that, are, that it, it um, overwhelms you, and um, it's, it's come up uh, more than a couple times for me at different points in time. Um, so... Um, but like like anybody else, um, I need to be able to have a, enough self-awareness to know when I need a break and when I need to um, seek out a counselor um, uh, as well. So that's, that I don't think, I think it's important to know that that's not a sign of weakness. If anything, that's a sign of strength, um, and people need to know that out there. Josh, yeah, to the question about the counseling that, that this team has gotten, you're, you know the inherent risk of this game, not only just you, but your teammates. How, how much in those discussions, because this is such an extraordinary thing that we all witnessed and, and a terror that was on yours and teammates' faces, does it change anything about that idea of the risk of going back on that field, knowing something like this, which you probably never fathomed could happen? Yeah, and it's hard not to let it be you know, creep into your mind. Um, you know, we've been reassured this this is the freakiest of freak accidents, and it took the worst possible timing for this to happen. Um, but, again, the mental aspect of it, going out on that field, if you have that, that thought, you know, that's putting yourself at risk even more, putting your teammates at risk even more. And I know Coach is going to do a good job, and he's been doing a great job about making sure guys understand that and understand, you know, mentally, like, you have to be bought in, too. Um, but, you know, as, again, like as Coach alluded to, as humans, it's hard to not feel that way. And um, But just to know that, again, the track record of the league and, and obviously there's injuries, and that's that's part of the sport. And this is the worst possible case scenario you can ever think of. And, uh, again, we're just – we're just happy Demar's all right. Again, he's in the locker room. He is the happiest dude. You know, we play basketball. A uh, little knockout before walkthroughs on Saturdays. Uh, he's got a good shot on him. Um, <laughs> 
But the, again, I, I couldn't ever tell you a story of where he was upset and brought it into the building. You just never saw him down. He was always positive. Again, and I know he switched to number three and, and the power of three. This is the third day since Monday night happened. Um, and again, I'm a big, big believer in the prayer. And, you know, keep praying for him. Um, being surrounded by a, a fantastic medical team. Again, our our training staff responding the way, the way they did. It, I mean, it all had to be pretty perfect from what we were told for him to have a chance and to know that, you know, he's going to continue to get better. Um, we got to still keep praying for him and uh, just got to get him back here. Sean, in the big picture, what do you think a big news story would be an NFL canceling that game? How much does it matter to you or this team um, at all um, at this point to you? I see Josh is shaking his head. I mean, how, in, in, his, canceling. in the aftermath, well, how much does it matter that the NFL canceled that game? Because it just seems like doesn't seem like much in the aftermath of what, what has happened. No. Um, I, it's, it, it pales in comparison to what unfolded, and we're talking about human life, and that's, I mean, that's the most important thing. We talked in the locker room uh, after, <coughs> um, after we went into the locker room, and I, we brought that up and said, you know, the ramifications could be X, um, knowing who was playing that night and what's with the seating and all that. Um, but it was overwhelmingly in favor of doing the right thing for DeMar and for the players in the locker room uh, on both sides, not just the Bills, but also the Bengals. And uh, felt strongly about that and still do. Well, I'll start. Um, I do. Yeah, I, I do as well. I mean, the news we, we, we received today in particular was, was a huge lift. Um, and again, I, I, I'm, I respect these guys are the ones on the field playing. I'm standing on the sideline, you know, so it's, it's, it's different for me. There's an added dimension for them on the field. So um, I'll just yield to Josh and you can explain yeah. it. But. Again, Mario talking to us as a team and the things that he, he kind of told us and really didn't tell us, he demanded us. You know, and you, you can't not honor his, his request to go out there and charge forward, you know, to the best of our abilities. And obviously we'll be playing with, I guess, less heavy hearts now, um, knowing that, you know, today's news was a lot of, a lot of tears of joy, I'll tell you that. Um, but to know that that's that's what he wants, that's what his dad wants, I think guys are uh, excited to get out there. Josh, you've been here for several years, experienced many live atmospheres with the fans. Just based on their support that they've shown via social media and otherwise, what do you expect the atmosphere to be like if you do indeed take the field on Sunday? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of three jerseys, three signs. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be a little surreal, uh, to be obviously at home last week of the season, 
Um, yeah, we're obviously there's some stuff that we need to still talk about as a team and get through, but uh, and have a good good week of practice. And the last couple of days have obviously been tough, but they've been better, and we just got to keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean, um, knowing our fan base and 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 the connection that we have and that they have with us, um, a I think it's going to be very emotional for everyone in the stadium, um, and b I think it's going to be unlike anything I've ever seen before, um, and we're going to have to balance some of that, you know, in order to perform the way we need to perform, um, but. Um, We've spent a, a, a number of games this season away, um, kind of ironically enough, and um, this is this is going to be really good timing if there is good timing in any of this for us to be home finally and uh, in front of our fans. Josh, Josh you've, talked a, lot, you've talked a lot about how close this team is, and we see it all the time. But what has this week been like in terms of guys being there for each other? Like, how have you seen your teammates, and or maybe something you've done to be there for a guy? Like, what has that looked like between? Yeah, I mean, again, I think everybody handles, you know, tough situations differently. Um, some guys need to be alone. Some guys need to be loved up on. Um, some guys just need to be around people, and, and some guys need to talk about it. And there's so many different ways that I saw that happening, whether it was in the locker room. Um, I opened my home and had, had guys over. I just sent out, hey, anybody come over. We're going to pray. Um, I'm going to decompress a little bit. Um, and that that was that was good to get guys back. And for the first time in a few days, some guys actually smiled a little bit and like knew obviously we were getting updates and, and trusting what we were being told um, by the doctors and, and Nate and Bean. Um, but just a, a good chance for guys to to be around each other and again, just having some worship um, for Demar and, and his family. I mean, uh, yeah, we, we've talked about it. Obviously, like we want to, we want to go out there and play for three, and um, it'll be a, a huge driving force, and and the emotion and, and the love of the game that we play um, with and for each other. Um, hopefully, we can get them back soon. Thank you. Thank you. I also, I, I do want to say one more thing, um, and I, I do, I haven't reached out to to T. I hope that, you know, he got some relief today. And I don't know, I, I saw some stuff on Twitter and um, people should not be attacking him whatsoever. And I'm glad that Damar's family came out and said that. And I hopefully he found some some relief today because, again, that's that's a football play. Um, and I hope that he doesn't hold that upon himself because, again, there's nothing else that he could have done in that situation. So I uh, just wanted to say that too. Well, a lot to digest during that press conference from both Bills head coach Sean McDermott and quarterback Josh Allen. The first time the Bills have addressed the media since the tragic incident on Monday night during which safety DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest on the field and has been 
in University of Cincinnati Hospital since that time. A uh, lot to digest there, of course, but Swagu, I'll start with you. What stands out from what you heard uh, from Sean McDermott and Josh Allen in that lengthy press conference right there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you could see that they were emotional. Um, it was uncharted territory through that conversation, but the, the word that stands out to me is selflessness, man. Mm. And when I think about it, I think about uh, DeMar's father. Like, mm. the selflessness in the midst of all of that going on with your child, um, you have the fortitude to reach out and tell other people and try to comfort other people. And it continues to speak to his character and the things that we're learning about him beyond being a football player. I mean, it's super emotional because if it was my child, all I could think about is I, I wouldn't think about updates. I wouldn't think about worrying about what's going on outside of that. And obviously, we I'm not in that situation, and I hope to never be. But And I said this from, from day one. As much as people were emotional and what we saw and we were talking about it through the media, no one was going through what this man's family was going through. And to see how they've handled this entire situation mm -hmm. and to see the freedom that they've given the Buffalo Bills to feel okay yeah. about not only playing but talking about it, helping their mental health, um, helping them kind of deal with this as well, the highlight should be on his father, Mario, his mother, his uncle, the people that have spoken for this family. Because I honestly, fellas, don't know if I would have gave a damn about letting anybody know anything. Um, so I think that's remarkable, man. The selflessness of his immediate family is what stood out to me. Um, and obviously, Sean McDermott, and how he handled this situation, listening to Josh and how impressive and how you see the leadership come to the forefront. But ultimately, man, this man's family to be able to handle this through this and, and give other people the freedom to, to move forward is the most impressive thing. You could, you could tell that it was such a, a relief that where we are today for the Buffalo Bills and Sean and Josh, and he gave us some insight on the teammates and how they're feeling just in general, and not even about football. Even when questions was brought up about uh, Coach McDermott, he referred back to this is about DeMar. This is about his family. This is about his health. This is about him. He's not making it about himself. And I think that's extremely important to note because sometimes people can get lost up in the moment and forget about why we're really even here and having this conversation, especially when you're talking about football, football coaches, players. That's not the case with the Bills. Um, you know, it it feels, I, I hate to say it, but it feels good right now. Like, you just feel like we're in a much better place than we were 24 hours ago. You know, I'm excited now to see football on Sunday, where before it was kind of like I felt like, well, I don't know. But now listening to Coach McDermott, listening to Josh Allen, understanding that they feel a certain way about getting on the field makes me feel like, okay, it's okay now to step back on the football field and pursue your goals, which is to try to win a championship. Yeah, without DeMar making the progress that he did, without Mario Hamlin stepping up and holding the Zoom call with the Buffalo Bills organization yesterday, it's hard to imagine that this team would find the energy and the muster to go and want to play 
on Sunday. It's almost as if they've been cleared to go do that by DeMar and his dad, and they needed to hear that to be able to go out there on Sunday. The reports today yeah. were uplifting. It's the first time people who have tracked this have felt any signs of relief, of hope, right? This was great news today. It was as good a news as you could hope to get, and it almost as if it enables the Buffalo Bills to go ahead and start getting ready, because I don't know that they could have done that without that Zoom call yesterday and without the developments of today. Yeah, Swagoo, certainly a ton of detail there shared from Sean McDermott and Josh Allen thought it was interesting to hear sort of the play-by-play mm -hmm. from McDermott's perspective. We're now going to head back out to Buffalo where Dane Jackson, fellow Bills defensive back, is addressing the media again for the first time since Monday night. It's a huge relief, you know what I mean? Like, the, I think the worst part about, like, everything is the unknown, you know what I mean? Like, us not knowing, like, his status or anything like that, which everybody did a great job of giving us updates and everything like that. But, you know, just as a player, as that being our brother and him being so close, it's just like, you know what I mean? You're just wondering, like, is he going to be all right in the end? So, like, once we got updates and once we got, you know, feedback, you know, it just started to make us feel a little better, for sure. I guess I would ask you the same question in terms of the progress he's made over the last 24 hours. We were able to talk to the University of Cincinnati doctors uh, today. How did you receive that information and what's been your reaction? Yeah, I think it's just been one of those fluid situations. Um, the team's done a great job of kind of keeping us in the fold before, uh, you know, unfortunately, before you guys. Um, so, uh, for us, like, you, you know, we get into Zoom updates during the team meetings, which were awesome. It's really cool. Uh, you, you don't realize how much you need that until it happens. Um, it's just been such a fluid situation. The, the information sharing throughout the departments has been phenomenal. And uh, we've never felt like we were behind in that department. So, um, in, in, in those regards, we were very thankful for uh, everyone doing, you know, the best they could. Uh, with something that was, you know, so volatile and just kind of changing at the minute. Guys, what was your reaction to uh, uh, Tamar's dad? 2007, I was on the field uh, when my teammate, Kevin Everett, was paralyzed. And, uh, we played off. What did it mean to you to have a coach give you the power to choose in that moment and have a <coughs> decision to lead in the way he led? What were you all in that moment? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it was just, it was one of those things that um, we were kind of writing the script on it as you went. Um, you know, everyone had different sorts of information. Uh, it's, you know, it was kind of chaos at any given moment. When we were able to get to that locker room, I think uh, a lot of things happened. One was we were able to collect ourselves and help each other out in the confines of that locker room. Uh, also have the whole team in a confined space that, uh, we could have discussions, conversations, not only between ourselves, but then, you know, coach putting us in a position to ultimately make a decision. Um, yeah, I, I just think it, it, there was no way in hell that we were ready to go out there and play a game. Um, you know, even if there were just a few guys who weren't ready to play, which there were way more, you know what I mean? Uh, you can't, to play this game, as you know, the, where you have to be mentally to be on the field, not only for your, yourself and your well-being, but for others around you, um, it, it just would have done a disservice to everyone, and, and there was just no chance. So 
Um, we're very thankful for that opportunity and uh, kind of collectively come together and, and do that. Mitch, if there was no way in hell that you could do it then, how can you fast forward Yeah, um, not only the updates we've gotten from the, the family, uh, from the medical staff, um, also just processing, you know, naturally processing this, getting my, you know, with family, teammates, um, just taking it moments at a time. You know, you have dialogue with yourself as well. Uh, and, and through that, um, I think the biggest thing is just hearing from the family and hearing how he's progressed has really put, uh, I mean, to say a smile on our faces would be an understatement. We were, we were as elated as you possibly could be as a team. It was, it was a really cool moment. Um, and then being able to put the pads on or, you know, being able to do a little bit of football today was very therapeutic for a lot of guys. And, and uh, you know, it's still one of those situations that will keep going, progressing. Each person, like Coach said before, is going to kind of process this in a different manner. Um, and that's nothing wrong with that. You know, emotions might be delayed. Emotions might hit you at different times. And, um, you know, we're just there for each other. And, and everyone here has got a really good support system. For, for both of you, just what you just said, Mitch, you're there for each other. Can you define kind of what that means? I, I, one of the images that's burned in my head is Tredavious White just, like, putting his head on your chest. I mean, you're, you're consoling a teammate at the worst possible moment of his time. And, and for both of you, just how did you, how do you, how are you there for each other? What are, can you share some of those? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like it's like, it's the bond we have, we've all created, you know what I mean? Like every day in the locker room, it's never a dull moment. So like, it's, it's just with everyone, you know what I mean? We're always all here for each other. Like if it's about like, Anything. It could be about anything. You know what I mean? We're always, you know what I mean? Are you okay? Like, we're around each other so much, like, we notice the smallest change in your, your behavior, like, every single day. So, like, just that bond that we've built over the time, you know, it just give us that, you know, that, that advantage to just be there for each other every single time, like, tough times like this go down for sure. I mean, I really wouldn't expect him to ask anything else, honestly. You know what I mean? Because like, uh, I just know like just what type what type of person he is, man. He's a true warrior, man. He's a he's a fighter. Uh, he's always gonna he's always gonna come out, you know, with, with some type of joke or whatever. No matter the how severe the situation is, he always has a joke. Or you know, I know the first first thing he'll say to me when he get back is something crazy. I I just know it. I I can't wait for it. Honestly, that's what that's what I'm really waiting for. But you know, I mean, that's just the type of person he is, man. He's all—he always wants to win. He's a true fighter and he's a warrior for sure. Well, that's week two, I believe. You know, you went—you were on the other end of this, getting loaded into an ambulance yourself. Mm -hmm. And if I remember right, Demar was right there on the back, next to the backboard, mm -hmm. talking to you. What did he say to you then that maybe kind of rings in your head? Uh, I mean, uh, I just—I just remember, I just remember, like. As I, as they were putting me into the into the uh, the, the ambulance, uh, him saying, "I love you, D Jack," and like like I just remember that distinct voice. There was a uh, the whole team was saying it, you know what I mean. But I I just I just remember that distinct voice in my head, and like that that replayed with me on the whole way to the hospital. So, uh, you know, just those different just the bond we have. Like I, I I look at pictures now to this day. Again, this is not about me, you know what I mean. This is all about Demar. But like I just look at pictures. 
today and I see him standing like right there, like literally like hovering over me. I mean, as I'm as I'm getting carted off. So like that just goes to show you like the type of bond that me and him have and uh, just how we're always there for each other. We just heard from Dane Jackson, fellow defensive back on the Buffalo Bills. Mitch Morris, the team captain for the Buffalo Bills, as well as head coach Sean McDermott and quarterback Josh Allen. Let's head back out to Cincinnati, where we have spoken with Coley Harvey on multiple occasions today to recap an eventful day. Coley, what can you tell us about the good news that we heard on DeMar Hamlin front today? Steel, this has been a day unlike any other this week. So much of this week, we've been, we've been hearing these stories about how they're getting closer. They're, they're, there's, there's no real update. We're hopeful. Those were kind of the words that we were hearing from the family. And now we have the good news that we've been waiting for. Signs of true progress, remarkable improvement from DeMar Hamlin. It's been uh, emotional listening to the Bills players. I actually just tweeted myself that this is a day that is unlike any other for those of us in sports and actually for all of us. And that is exactly the emotion that people all over this country have been feeling both in Buffalo, here in Cincinnati, and it's been truly remarkable being here for this. Coley, great coverage. You have been there in Cincinnati since Monday night. We so appreciate it. Of course, we'll talk to you again tomorrow with the latest on DeMar Hamlin. For those that may have not been able to follow the coverage throughout the day, 24 hours of progress for DeMar Hamlin. He is continuing to make progress while he remains critically ill. He is neurologically intact. Some of the best news that we could hear today. More coverage coming up at the 6 p.m. Sports Center on DeMar Hamlin. Part of the interruption follows, follow us, follows us here on NFL Live. We're back tomorrow. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. 
Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.